0: Welcome back to the Ultra Speaking Podcast. I'm Tristan De Montebello, and I will be joined by my co-host, co-founder, co-creator of Ultra Speaking, Michael Gendler in just a bit. This is episode four of the Ultra Speaking Podcast, and episode four is going to be a QA. and a and not any Q&A. This is an interesting one because we're going to be answering a bunch of questions that were given to us by students who are currently going through the UltraSpeaking Fundamentals course. So if you yourself are on a journey to better speaking, to enjoying speaking, to finding true freedom of expression, I think this is going to be particularly relevant to you because the questions are are really, really good. And there's a wide array of questions. If you wanna check them out beforehand and jump to one in particular, you can check that out in the description. Otherwise, just sit down, sit back, enjoy the ride. I hope you get a bunch of value out of it. And if you do, the best gift you can give us as usual, is to share this with someone else who would enjoy it or get value out of it or even better to leave a review or a comment we read all of them we respond where we can and it makes a big difference it makes us want to do the next one and it also gives much more visibility to the podcast so without further ado please enjoy episode four of the ultra speaking podcast
1: one book every ultra speaker should read. Let's start with a softball here. There are no books that I would recommend and
0: uh, all books at the same time. If you think a book's going to change your life, then you're probably skipping the hard work. That's my guess. And I've read a lot of a lot of great books, a lot of books that have had true impact on me, but I don't really like recommending books when it comes to ultra speaking. And I've always noticed this and me since since the early days. We've had this question a lot of times. And I think the reason why I don't like recommending a book, the book, is that, well, number one, we haven't written the book yet. But more importantly, nothing replaces experience when it comes to speaking. Nothing replaces spending the time in front of other people actually entering flow experiencing all of the emotions that come with speaking and discovering discovering the insights for yourself now you, anything you're going to be reading on high performance is going to be interesting anything that has to do with pushing the human body and pushing the human mind is going to be interesting anything you're going to be reading about learning is going to be interesting, but nothing replaces the core, which is the practice of putting yourself in that position where you feel more than usual.
1: There is one book that I that I will recommend, but maybe more importantly, one area of study, uh, which is uh, surrender, which I didn't expect to be have anything to do with speaking, but uh, the art of surrender. Practice of Letting Go, The Philosophy of No Mind. These are all kind of spiritual um, borderline life philosophies that you wouldn't expect to see in the speaking arena. But at Ultra Speaking, it's all about letting go. It's all about going beyond the thinking brain. So um, this guy, Tao Te Ching, this guy, Surrender Experiment, these books are not going to necessarily um, teach you how to speak better But they're going to, if you haven't read them already, present to you life philosophies of people who believe in being unprepared, who believe in approaching life without any sort of planning ahead, trying to control the outcome of things. And I think for me, that's been a, that's been a big one. Somebody asked, starting from scratch, how would you learn? How would you do an ultra learning project on public speaking and storytelling? And I'll let Tristan answer this one because he's the, he's the true ultra learner. Um, but I will say if uh, there were a few questions on just our story, how did ultra speaking get started? How did Tristan go through the world championships? All of that stuff. Um, we have a great video on that on our our story page. So if you haven't seen that, if you want to know a little bit of like, how did Tristan go about this from no experience all the way to the finals? Um, and What's Toastmasters like? How did it help him? It's all in that video. So, uh, Tristan, our uh, chief ultra learning officer, how would you approach public speaking as a learning project now knowing what you know? It's not an easy question.
0: It's not an easy question. Um, Well, I have to consider that ultra-speaking exists now. So I would definitely go the ultra-speaking route because the biggest shortcoming in in my own project was that it it wasn't initially structured in a way that would give me confidence in moments where I wasn't prepared. And I think that that is the life-changing skill the adding preparation and and mastering those kinds of things it's important. it's going to help you in at work it's going to help you in a lot of situations but that's not that's not the life-changing skill. The life-changing skill is the one that gives you the confidence that you can express yourself in absolutely any scenario with with confidence and feeling like yourself. So if I were to start this over again, it will I would still, mimic the intensity that i brought to to my project so i would um i would definitely be training daily and speaking daily that was that was kind of the mark the the secret ingredient to my project was simply i was speaking in front of other human beings in uh, in scary situations a hundred times more than all of my competition and everybody else and I wouldn't want to be formulaic, so I wouldn't want to say, okay, here are the five things I recommend you do. It's, it's, it is very based on where you're at right now. That's what I would change as well. I followed the Toastmaster route. The, I discovered the world championships in the early days, and, and that just felt like the right route. I didn't know better, and I, didn't, I couldn't fi- think of anything else. The way I do it now is I'd, I'd adapt it to whatever I need in my life. So, the ingredients that I would look for are hyper intensity, I would be training on my own, I would be studying, I would be reading about storytelling, I would be watching movies and trying to understand the storytelling behind it, I would be voraciously watching other phenomenal speakers that I love, not necessarily in a prepared setting but maybe just watching them speak, watching them in interviews and trying to see what are they doing well? And I would be asking for feedback in a way that would make most most people very, very uncomfortable, because that was also one of the most important ingredients in, in my project. Every time I would speak, I would ask, Every single person in the audience to write down on a piece of paper, a piece of feedback for me. and Michael would be sweating as we would be reading these things that had nothing to do with him and just me. But if you get into that, if you get into that practice of just constantly seeking feedback, suddenly a single piece of feedback loses all of its importance it's not scary anymore because now it becomes about the big picture about you growing as a speaker and not about this individual moment and so you're able to notice patterns see things that come back and when you when three people in entirely different environments say the same thing you can start paying attention
1: and you discard everything else when you when you become an excellent communicator, or at least you're on that journey, what's the weight distribution of where you put your efforts towards? How much weight should we put into confidence, into preparation, into skill, into personality? Is there are there different focus areas that you would break it down into?
0: I think we're all at very different places. You know those personality tests where you get a shape? You have like a an x and then you can or, or more and you you see this like kind of web and you'll see where you're strong and you see where you're weak. Everybody's at a different moment in their life. It's Some of these are so linked to how you've been navigating life. They have nothing to do with speaking and everything to do with speaking. So it would make no sense for me to say give x percent to confidence, x percent to preparation. It is entirely based on where you're at and that's why getting feedback and that's why filming yourself and watching the game uh the game video and working with a coach all of these things are so important because the first step really as you're gathering all of this feedback and throwing yourself into the deep end is okay what what what's coming up naturally and where are my real weaknesses what does my shape look like and that's giving you the percentages and, and where you have to bring your attention. But in any case, one of the biggest, one of the rules I had for myself during the entire learning, ultra learning project was I wasn't allowed to say no to anything speaking related, whether it was a presentation, a toast, a, a wedding speech, it didn't matter. If somebody at a party were to say, hey, um, why don't you do your speech right now? <laughs> Which would mean a guaranteed bombing. Uh, it, there's just no way that a, a hyper prepared, overacted Toastmaster speech is going to work at like a party with friends it will destroy the entire atmosphere that was kind of my worst nightmare every time i go to a party and people would ask me what i was doing and that would come up in the back of my mind i please don't ask me to do the speech but if somebody
1: did i would do it a lot of people wondering how do these how does this transfer how does ultra speaking transfer actually i think it's this question here um how well do the games translate to skills in real life? Or are we just getting better at the games themselves? I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to take the best of everything that's helped us in our journeys and figure out how do we, how do we train the skills that matter? When you listen to Tristan's story, you, you hear him say, I worked on a speech for three months. I gave it a hundred times. I still didn't feel any more ready to give an off-the-cuff toast, right? So, what are the skills that really matter? The games are like mirrors. If you've ever played the game and you feel your heart beat, great, that's a mirror, right? Let's look into that. If you feel like um, you can't do rapid-fire analogies, you just like can't seem to access that flow, that's a mirror, Right so you might say oh there's no there's no real transfer between making silly analogies in 3 seconds no there is there is it's showing you something a little bit deeper than what's on the surface of the game so each game has a few metrics that we really care about when it comes to speaking the metric i care most about is what is your ability to separate confidence from content Sometimes people will get a speech title, they'll knock it out of the park, and they'll say, wow, that felt different. And I go, okay, tell me what you did. And they say, oh, well, I got lucky with the speech. I got lucky with the title. That irks me because I have a belief that any title can be turned into an incredible speech. We're trying to train this kind of versatility, this capacity to be able to express with confidence no matter what. And so rapid fire analogy separates that. It says, I don't care what you say. I care how you say it. Conductor says, I don't care what you say. I care how you say it. But for most people, especially people who are highly intellectual, uh, highly smart, highly cognitive right? So much of their identity, mine included, depends on, on the thoughts, depends on what I am thinking, what I am saying, how smart is it, how effective are my words. So if that's the case, then you're going to have a dependency. What I say dictates how I feel. What we found is it works the opposite. How I feel dictates what I say. So no, we're not training the games just to get better at the games themselves. Uh, in fact, I've seen a regression in Tristan where now his skill levels is going a little bit down on some of the games, uh, but it doesn't matter. It's not about the games. It's about how you approach them. So if you even take skill level away, are you enjoying playing them? Tristan will play with a smile every time, regardless of if it goes well or if it's a complete disaster, right? A lot of us play very tense and play like this is... Um, a lot is riding on this. So it's also a mirror. It's a reflection of of the pressure we put on ourselves, even in the simplest games that are there. So when it comes to studying speaking, Tristan, I think, said it best where sometimes it has nothing to do with speaking and everything to do with how we approach life. That's what we really want to draw attention to here. So this is cool. Maybe I could uh, ask Tristan here. The concept of a speaking voice, the concept of um, performing versus personality. What are you noticing in the past years? What is the the shift that people tend to experience going from one to the other?
0: Michael always says that he he becomes his best self when when the pressure's on, and. I know that a lot of us don't feel that, and I didn't feel that for a long time, and more and more I'm starting to, I'm starting to get to notice that as the, the pressure I put on myself related to the outcome and to how I should look has receded into the background, I have also started to feel that when the pressure's on, suddenly I get to enjoy what's happening within me and I get to use it in a, in a great way. One thing that we always look for is how different is a person speaking when they are playing a game or within their speech and right after when they're talking about it. And if the difference is big, we know, we know there's, there's a gap that we need to bridge. And sometimes it's as simple as saying hey that's you when you're speaking like that that's you that's the one i want to see so just just talk to me stop trying to make it a speech just talk to me and suddenly just releasing the pressure we put on ourselves to perform in a certain way to be something different than we really are is what gives us access to high performance a lot of you are going to be thinking wait no i I have to talk to my ceo tomorrow And I don't want to be talking to him casually and not thinking. That's literally the opposite of what I want. But what I want to put out here is that, well, what if that was the quickest way to get to the place you want to get to, even though it doesn't look like it? What we're trying to do when we want to get you out of your thinking brain, into flow, entirely conversational is that because that is the very foundation of speaking effortlessly of access to infinite content of access to freedom into the maximum amount of wisdom you have within your mind currently and if you can't match your current level of, of skill and, and wisdom in the moment then there's no point. In looking super smart because you're just going to be accessing 30 40 50 percent of what you actually know so let's start by matching what we know which is the foundation of it all let's start by enjoying speaking let's start by treating this as something that is that feels natural in which i can at will access flow at will change energies if i feel like i'm a little bit stuck or rigid at will do whatever I want to do. And then let's add, let's polish. Then let's, let's add everything on top. And that's a very fun process to do. And you can, then you get to focus on whatever you want. But if you don't have the foundational principles, the fundamental principles down, everything else is going to yield
1: lesser results. Some people are asking, how do I, um, how do I apply conductor at work? or how do i just switch into flow when i'm in front of my boss right they they want to know the transfer and i think that um i think that's important but i see these people in the in training in the cohort and they're not actually doing it in the, in the game so the conductor switches level to a9 and they go suddenly and they they have this moment where they're going, how do I, what am I going to do next to get up to that energy level? Meaning that in training, in conductor, in the one area where we say it's totally okay, in fact, it's the only way to play, to switch energy like that, there's still hesitation. Then you have someone like Daisy who says, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And she goes for it and she comes back to the main room and she says, it felt like like I was a, an instrument. It felt like naturally I knew how to ride this wave and it was happening for me and I was just there and it feels awesome, right? Well, when you get that feeling, you know how to transfer it at work, right? When you revisit that feeling for a couple of weeks in training, you, you understand a little bit on a deeper level what it is that we need to do to communicate in this way in other areas of work because it, it, it goes from conscious to subconscious, which is ultimately what we want in speaking. Tristan and I don't think about musicality, right? We don't think about should we vary our voice or should we pause here? It happens naturally. And so what we're trying to do is, is bypass kind of the, the steps of surface level changes. And we wanna go straight to the root. That's why Tristan doesn't recommend a book, right? It's not about what you know, it's about what are you gonna do when the moment happens? With that said, a couple people in the chat asked questions about pressure. How do I let go of the expectation of reaching the level that I want? Right, we see this often. High performers, they look at a they look at Barack Obama and they go I want to be that. Then they come into training and for 5 weeks they improve like crazy, but they're never satisfied because they're not they're not where they want to be. So, There is a big mental component to this, a big mindset component of how am I going to approach this training? Maybe Tristan can weigh in on this. How do you suggest students approach learning um, when their track record is impeccably high performing?
0: Derek Sivers wrote a really cool post a while back, I think five or six years back, He talks about, um, a time where he lived in Santa Monica and he would take his bike out and go on a 15 mile loop. And every time he'd give 100% red face panting, it was a, it was a horrible, grueling experience. And he was always trying to beat his record. And for some reason, every single time he'd hit 43 minutes on his 15 mile loop, sometimes An extra minute sometimes you know maybe 42 but basically was always the same time and he started noticing that he was not wanting to go out after a while so one day he just said well let me let me go at a leisurely pace let me go at 80 or 90 percent so not red face puffing but i'm still i'm still holding on to a certain pace and he did that, and he talks about, I don't know what he, what he mentions, but he's like, oh, I saw, you know, I noticed this flock of pelicans gliding uh, a few feet from the water, and I, I looked at the Santa Monica Pier, which I really never paid attention to, and I had this absolutely wonderful ride. And I came back, I looked at my watch, and I could not believe it. 45 minutes. And he had that realization of, this, isn't, this is insane. I've just tripled my pleasure for basically the same result. And I think this this story applies so well to what we're doing here. There is no perfection in speaking. There is no perfection in speaking. You will never achieve what you're looking for if that's what you're looking for. Perfection in speaking is feeling amazing more times than not. Rita asked if we were applying the numbers, the highs, the lows, are we playing conductor when we're speaking to a group like right now? Absolutely not. Since the moment this video turned on, and even 15 minutes before when we were chatting with Michael about what we wanted to do, I felt awesome. Amazing what is my heart rate right now i don't know if i'm normally at a 60 maybe i'm at 68 maybe i'm a tiny bit above where i usually am but i'm not at 120 i'm not freaking out i feel great right now and that for me is success and i'm able to pause and take a breath and think and when i get excited about something my energy probably switches and i get i go a little bit faster and when something feels a little bit more important maybe i slow down i don't i don't really know the training is for training so i use the tools for training when i'm in training i'm training but when i'm perf- when i'm out here speaking i'm speaking otherwise there's no there's no fun you have to have you have to have a good time at one point you have to enjoy the fruits of your labor so Although I do recommend taking speaking seriously and and doing and practicing as intensely as you can, because that's what's going to, it's just the compounding effect is going to be bigger when you, you pass that point. But never forget that all of this is about feeling amazing in your own skin. This is what this is all about. Feeling like an instrument and just flowing with with the words and with the what you're trying to convey is an extraordinary
1: feeling. Yeah. So the more we can access that, the better. It's important to recognize that a lot of the style of ultra speaking, at least in the first few weeks, as we're seeing, is very. Um, it's very different. It's very different because it's. It's leaning into these, this side that is very unnatural for uh, certain kinds of people, for the type A person, for the, uh, the scientist, for the lawyer, for the very, very cognitive thinker. It's saying, let's, let's forget that. Let's lead with emotion. Where's the personal? Where's the vulnerability? Where's the trust that it's just going to come on the spot? And you're like, no, no, no. Give me the methodology. Give me the seven steps. Right. So in a sense, how I like to see ultra speaking, how I like to see my own life journey is I'm trying to figure out what is it that I am wired to be, you know, like immigrant dad two perfectionist parents, right? Okay. What is my upper skipped first grade? So youngest in class always. So, okay, big hunger to achieve, big hunger to prove myself, big hung- hunger to hit everything perfectly, also very shy, right? Feeling like I don't belong. Okay, great. So that those are the cards that I'm dealt. How do I capitalize on that and still put in the intensity and the hard work and all the things I like about myself? But how do I begin to round out the shape, right? How do I let go of, of doing, let go of controlling? Right? Tristan helped me a lot with feedback. How do you hear difficult feedback and not take it personally? That's tough on someone who's used to getting 98s and going, "Ah, not there yet. Right? So, what I like to see ultra speaking as is a balancer. It takes your shape and it says, oh, you're a little bit crooked. You're a little bit skewed to one way of being. Look at the perfectionism. Look at the control. Look at this tendency to be so serious right? That's all going to translate in your speaking. It has to. It has to. So let's using speaking as the vehicle, let's balance that out. Let's add spontaneity. Let's add personality, unpredictability, so that when you are in your meeting, you can still be who you are. You can still be focused and strategic and all these things, but you can also bring in a little bit of that element, that spice that will just round out your shape. And so if you watch Tristan speak, you'll see beautiful long pauses, which round out the shape of getting excited and getting really into it. And and, and that's what we're looking for. We're just seeing, can you visit different places and try on these different vests that Tristan speaks about and see which ones feel right, see which ones feel fun. And with practice, they're all going to feel like you can access them as part of your repertoire.
0: The next question comes from a participant of the Q&A. My challenge isn't so much to speak when I'm asked to speak. It's that in a group setting, I cannot volunteer myself to speak up, to raise my hand. And it's so hard. I'm great with a very small group, one or two people I can give my ideas and think well. But 10 or
1: 15, forget it. What should I do? I remember being... um at my, I worked at a company called Symantec. We had an all company wide or all branch wide meeting. There's like 200 people. And uh, the CEO was on stage and he gave a speech. And then he asked them, do you guys have any questions? And I remember raising my hand. And as the person's walking with the microphone to me, I'm having like a panic attack. Right. And I'm just like, come on, dude, ask. It's just a question like this isn't no one's going to be going, wow, what an amazing question asker. Like, wow, can we can we just get Michael up on stage for a second? Because the, the way he asked that was no, it's just like, ask your question. And still, it's just pounding, right? Because really, really scary. So I think the thing to internalize is that is that is the way it works that is the natural response to something that feels so scary what's going to happen you're going to you're going to get the microphone you're going to ask the question it's going to go fine always so the hardest part is putting on the running shoes and getting out the door it's not the running right so the hardest part is actually just putting yourself into the position where you can't back out anymore
0: got to tell a little story <laughs> A few years ago, we were at a this this big workshop. There were 150 people, or something like that. It's a, a multiple day workshop, um, and I think we're day two, and we're everybody's together. We're in the main room, and uh, you know the the guru, the master, uh, Rich Litvin, is on stage, and he says, "So, who has a question?" And Michael, sitting right next to me, raises his hand, and. <laughs> It was, this was a magical moment. Michael stands up and he says, uh, actually, I don't have a question. <laughs> I just, uh, I thought it would be a good idea to raise my hand and to ask something, but I, I don't have a question. <laughs> and so everybody laughed and it was such a glorious, beautiful moment. I laughed the hardest.
1: Just, it's did so I,
0: endearing. And then Michael did ask uh-huh. a question and then it turned into a, a fascinating back and forth with a real question and it was really fascinating. I will just add to what Michael said that, yeah, the hardest part is putting the shoes on, but putting the shoes on is like being on a, on a, on top of the diving board. And every second you wait is going to make it harder. And if you wait long enough, you're going to slowly walk back with your legs trembling and you're going to go down the ladder. You're not going to jump off. So treat it like a diving board. Mm-hmm. The faster you jump off, the faster you're going to get wet and realize, "Oh, this was nothing." And it's it's mm-hmm. training. This is a muscle. This is 100% a muscle that must be trained. If you if you raise your hand, if somebody if somebody says who has a question, you raise your hand. If you don't have a question, you start asking more questions. You will notice that every time you do it, it gets a little bit easier. And every time you don't, you're going to you're going to watch as the, the prison starts closing around you. And every minute that goes by, becomes harder and harder and harder and until you mentally quit. We've all experienced
1: that. And then you just say, okay, I guess today I won't, it, it's not my day. It has to happen early on. Mel Robbins, five second rule. As soon as your brain wants to do something, you have five seconds. After five seconds, you're gonna talk your way out of it. I find that in grocery stores where I'm in front of the cashier and I can just strike up a conversation And then I'm like, no, 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 too shy, too shy. And then I don't do it, right? Back of an Uber, back of a Lyft. You can strike up a conversation, but you have the, as soon as you have the impulse, Mel Robbins says five seconds. And so that is, that is the muscle that Tristan's talking about.
0: Quick favor. This is the very beginning of the Ultra Speaking podcast. And at this stage, every review has a huge impact. So if you enjoyed this, leave us a review and tell us candidly what you thought of it. Thank you.